Hello everyone and welcome back to the Beyond Motorsport podcast. I am your host Isabel and today we are going to go on a deep dive of the Monaco GP. For being Monaco, I feel like it was more exciting than any other year. I very much liked Quali and the race as well better than I liked it last year especially because we had someone other than Red Bull and Ferrari or Mercedes on the podium we had Alpine on the podium which was impressive Esti Besti on the podium baby I that was such a moment for for Alpine and Stefan who had a great run the whole weekend he had a great qualifying, absolutely impressive what he did with that car. And I do hope to see him more on the podium on the following races. I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, but just because it's new and different from what we've been seeing the last few races, especially since the last few have been pretty boring um it's not like this one was eventful but it was better than other times i'd say i was also very happy to see pierre um up there on the top 10 and had been a long time since we'd seen him so high up there um especially because he was in alphatari and that it just wasn't taking him anywhere in my humble opinion but uh, he seems so much happier at Alpine he seems to be doing so much better except last um the last race we had um with the accidents and such but he had a great run this weekend um and I I would love to see Pierre on a podium my dream podium for Monaco was uh it was Leclerc winning which if it's not Charles on one weekend it's his brother Arthur um messing up that was sad the moment I saw that I I was shook um to see that Arthur had messed up but also well I'm just at this point I'm pretty sure that the Leclerc's just have a curse on them for Monaco those two poor men um, are not gonna see the end of it unfortunate run for Checo this weekend um, crashing at Quali I think it was that he crashed I honestly can't remember but really really poor performance from him, the, him this weekend um, I don't think it's his fault per se it was just that he got unlucky uh for this this weekend and and that was that unfortunately couldn't couldn't get out from the bottom spots but um yeah i hope he does better next weekend i think that was such a mess up and quali really thought it would have been burst happen um but you know that's just me being delusional thinking that the one that crashed was max 
it would have been a dream to see someone other than Max win a race because it's getting it's getting tiresome and it's also very much reminds me of the time that Mercedes was dominating and Lewis was always winning every race and don't get, don't get me wrong I am a I'm uh, god damn it I am a Mercedes girl and I love Lewis he's the reason I got into motorsport not motorsport into F1 in the first place he was the first driver I saw racing on such so um him winning all those races it was exciting but there was a point where it where it just got it got boring I didn't want to see him on the podium all the time every single race so now seeing Max on it um it just reminds me a lot of that time where Mercedes was dominating and now that Red Bull is dominating it's just happening the same with Max we're just seeing him win every single race it's getting boring it's getting it's getting tiresome and i'm pretty sure that mid-season i'm gonna stop watching um just because i don't want to see max winning all over again you know it's, it's gonna get boring and repetitive and i'm not here for that however the whole red bull floor everyone's seeing the floor um that was also such a moment from the weekend big highlight of the weekend people going crazy over seeing the floor i didn't see see it per se um i saw a few photos here and there but i didn't exactly detail how the red bull floor is made so i'm not exactly sure i i'd have to go back to the pictures really detail the picture the pictures and see what is different on a on a red bull floor we've also seen the ferrari floor and the Mer the mercedes floor um i do think the mercedes floor is a lot different from the red bull one still don't think that's what's making the red bull such a rocket i mean it's the whole engineering work going into it that makes the car so fast i do not think the main thing is the floor i think there's just something else in that car um that makes it go so fast um, more so much more than any other car on the grid but you know it's just a a it's just uh, something very different to see the the floor of a car um especially a formula one car which is something that the, the public per se doesn't get to see as much um, so yeah, that was that was exciting. That was different. We don't usually get to see the floor of a Formula One car or what is inside of a Formula One car. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't have a lot to say about the floor of the car. It was a whole thing on social media and the memes where top top notch seriously love the memes and everything i just don't think the floor of a red bull is that serious to be honest what i do think is more serious is the fernando tire strategy thing um that was very unfortunate knowing that fernando could be 
um, the one winning the race, overtaking Verstappen. But that tire uh, mistake really took one really took one out of Ferrari's book uh, for strategy there. Not something I would have done, but I, I mean, I think it was just a, a small, not small, like, he ended up second, he could have been first very easily, but that tire fiasco whole situation really messed that up. I personally believe... Um, that it was just a, a mistake from the team and the driver. Like, they were constantly checking on weather. And they just, I guess they couldn't figure out if it was raining or, or not. Because I did see Fernando say um, post-race that 80% of the track was um, dry. So it made no sense to go on intermediates. But, you know, Lance was an intermediate at the time of that happening. So I just think it was a team mistake. Um, they could have gone intermediates. The track was wet. It wasn't fully dry. But I guess it, it's just something that goes... Uns I, don't, I don't even know at this point. It's just something that... Um, goes beyond what the driver is seeing and it's I guess it's just a mistake that they're gonna have to learn from and not repeat when it comes down to the Spanish GP because that is a track where every single team has to be on top with their tire strategy um, knowing that it's a track that um that has a lot of tire degradation, destroys tires, so we'll see what happens going into Spain, it's Fernando's home race, I will be covering um, more of that on my Spanish GP review coming right after this episode, because this, this is going out literally right after I finish recording it. And then, um, right after, I'll post the Spanish review. It's an extra kind of episode for this week to compensate for the fact that I didn't post last Saturday. So that's going to be exciting. It's also going to be Carlos Sainz's home GP. So I would really love to see a fight. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna talk about it on the next episode. I'm just going to leave it for the next episode. What I also think it's more serious and that needs to be talked about is the quality um, Charles Leclerc impeding um, Lando Norris uh, while, he, while he was in a hot lap. Uh, I mean, I, I truly think this is more of a 50-50 kind of situation. Um, when it comes down to it, and if you really think about it, it's a situation where... Ferrari did not let Charles know, hey, Lando is on a hot lap. You're going to see him in uh, this amount of time. Be careful. Get out of the way so he can finish off his, his hot lap. But it's also a situation of McLaren also did not let Lando know 
um, hey, you're gonna run into Charles, he's in a cool down lab, um, just go around him or, or whatever you need to do, but you're gonna get in, uh, to see him. I don't think Ferrari was exactly to blame for it, however, I would have given both of them penalties for um for just the the lack of communication of the driver and the team itself on both sides it was a huge lack of communication and i would have given penalties to both of the teams regardless both of them had um good runs on the weekend except for charles I, I don't even know, I'm not sure where Charles ended up on the sand end, but I do know that McLaren scored double points, which I was not expecting. If anything, I would have never expected something like that to happen in Monaco. Um, just knowing that McLaren hasn't been doing well, their strategy has been doing so bored, their car is a cardboard box on wheel on wheels, so I would have never expected them to score double points, especially in Monaco. Oh yeah, I see it. Uh Charles ended up sixth. Uh he did fight the car for a bit. I mean that that penalty really screwed him it screwed him for the weekend but we all know that monaco itself lacks overtaking and just charles was not gonna be able to overtake um the mercedes boys that ended up fourth and fifth they do have improvements on their cars I think that paid off really well this weekend, but it's Monaco, we don't get to see all of action and overtaking, so really seeing how those upgrades pay off, I think we're gonna really see that going to Spain, Canada and Australia, at least the, the three next races, that's where we're really gonna get to see how the Mercedes actually performs on those new upgrades more than we did in Monaco just because Monaco lacks so much of the action and the overtaking that I guess fans expect on a weekend this was a better race than last year and the year before that which is something we don't get to see a lot in Formula 1 with Monaco um because it's just, uh, it's just a, such a long track. It's one of the longest races, if not the longest races, race on the calendar this year. Um, but I, I don't know. Uh, I did defend Monaco on the Apex F1 podcast. If you guys haven't watched that episode, or not watched, listened to that episode, you should go and listen to it yes i i i really defended um monaco because it's one of my favorite races um just for the history of it it's such a historic track it's so iconic and i love 
how long of a race it is and um just kind of how how the track is laid out i mean you don't have those straights which i like so much more than the tracks that do have straights i mean i do understand why um tracks have straight sections i get it but just monaco doesn't have that and it's such a tight track and i just i love it for that but the race itself it lacks so much so much of the action so much of the overtaking the performance the pace it's it lacks so much and i defended it i really believed that monaco had so much more to give i still do i just don't think that's something that's gonna happen right now but um I mean, I don't, I don't know, it just, the Monaco itself, it's so interesting to me for, for such a historic value of the race and truly does go to show what Formula One truly is and also who Formula One is catered for, which is a bit of a controversial topic, but I mean, what, what can I say? On the last episode of um, I think we had the Monaco review, not not the Monaco review, not the what was it? The Monaco um, pre-race thoughts review, whatever I named it, I don't remember. But I called two DNFs on that on the Monaco race, and I did say that Alvin was gonna DNF and that Kevin was gonna DNF. I was proven wrong and right. It was 50-50 kind of thing. We have Kevin who did DNF and I called it. Um, but unexpectedly, we have Lance on there that also DNF'd. I feel like this is very, very sad because he's such a good driver. But he just lacked so much on this race. Um, it is very unfortunate. I think he got really unlucky. Um, really wish he could have given more. He could have done more. But I just think his car specifically this weekend was uh, not not on it, I guess. And I really hope he does better next weekend. He's a great driver. I am rooting for him to get on a podium and such. Um... If you guys also listen to the new episode of the Apex F1 podcast, I also mentioned that I don't think Lance is champion material, which, um, yeah, no, I truly believe he's not the kind of driver that's going to go and be a champion. I do think he is learning a lot from being on a team that's at the top right now and also his teammate is a is a champion of the world um two two times he's he's been champion two times and i do think he's learning a lot from fernando i just don't think that he's gonna be able to learn enough to be a formula one champion and that doesn't mean he's a bad driver no absolutely not he is a great driver 
I just don't think he's gonna get up there and I think the same of Checo and a lot of people may be coming for me but this is my hot take of the week um I'm gonna be posting it right after this episode but my hot take of the week is that Sergio and Lance are not world champion material my reason for Lance being that even though he's such a good um, driver there's just some drivers that lack um, that lack not talent but I'd say performance and um, drive and I think Lance is missing a bit of the drive I mean everyone wants to be a world champion in Formula 1 but Lance I think he's missing a bit of the the drive a bit of that push that really makes a world champion driver I don't think he's the kind of driver that would be aggressive um aggressive enough on track that he gets to win races enough races to be a formula one champion so yeah my reason for Checo being that ever since his he's been at red bull he he has been kind of living in the shadows of max you know i mean max is so much more younger he has such a talent um as a driver max i mean i'm not a fan of the guy but i do have to admit he has a talent like no other it's one of those driver talents that we don't see so often and those um are the kind of talents that do go on to be formula one champions i do think that Checo has the talent he's just being shadowed by max always sitting on that shadow um if your teammate being a formula one champion and and you that have been on the um i mean i don't know how long sergio has been in formula one but I'm pretty sure he has been there longer um, than Max. And you know, I guess it must be really frustrating knowing that your teammate being so much more younger, so much more talented, um, and, and being there for so much shorter than you, that must feel horrible. And I do think Checo has the performance and he has a pace he has shown it multiple times over and over again but I just don't think he's ever gonna be able to get out of the um living in Max's shadow in his teammate's shadow and and maybe that's what it's supposed to be at me and I when he was back in Raisin Point he was such a great um he was so great for the team he was scoring points like no other he really was up there and i really believed that he was gonna be world champion with racing point he just didn't get there that team lacked a lot of stuff plus the whole fiasco that they had going on behind the scenes as well
Um, so, you know, I really think Sergio could have been a world champion before Red Bull, and I don't think it's gonna be the case now that he is at Red Bull. Not while he has Max as a teammate. I don't think that's something that's going to happen, which is unfortunate because he's such a great driver. And I really would have loved to see him be up there, um, be up there again and, and win a championship. Like, it, it would have been great to see him win a championship, you know, but... Red Bull is a whole situation and now that they have Daniel as a reserve driver I also feel like um, maybe Sergio's gonna get caught off because he's just not performing the way Red Bull want, want him to perform and that's the whole reason that Daniel is there i mean why would you bring such a top driver as your reserve if you are not planning on cutting off one of your current drivers that is my question on that i don't think he's gonna get caught up now or next year whatsoever whatsoever but i do think he's gonna get caught up at some point in the next three seasons if he doesn't perform the way Red Bull wants him to and that the replacement is gonna be Sergio um that's <laughs> that the replacement is gonna be um Daniel not Sergio I messed up a bit on there um but yeah that, those are my thoughts for my hot take of the week so yeah i'll be posting that um don't come for me it's an opinion everyone is entitled to their own opinion and if you don't think that's the same like that's fine i'm not saying that sergio or lance are bad drivers they're not multiple times i've already said they're great drivers i just don't think they have what it takes to be champions and that's that. I mean, I mean, I think that about a few other drivers. Those are other hot takes for other weeks. Um, but yeah, that's that's that. Going back to the race itself, I think the rain made it a bit better of a race. I mean, rain is always a plus on every race on whatever race it rains on it is a plus and i always see i i always love to see that rain factor in there because it changes the outcome so much obviously not here in monaco like we already know performance pace the track itself it's always the same top two three drivers in quality are always going to be the ones winning the race anyway but yeah it's always fun to fun to see rain um in monaco seeing all all that rain action spins going off track it happens and i love to see that 
um, and we saw a lot of it here in Monaco so that was kind of exciting overall not my favorite race but also wasn't the worst I obviously think that qualifying was so much better um, than the race itself which could have been better but we'll we'll see what happens in Spain and and yeah this is this is my review of the Monaco GP I don't think there's anything else I missed I think I covered almost everything overall um, I am just checking to see if I missed anything I mean I don't think I did I mean the, the Red Bull floor and Lon's opening for the wrong tires um hmm. no I don't think I missed anything I think everything was was good um just want to say that uh where where is it Yuki did really well this weekend uh, regardless of where he ended up I mean he ended up 16th but um, yeah I just always love to see some Yuki action and track but yeah, yeah Yuki the whole weekend um, I mean he, he's doing better even better than his own teammate but yeah I mean that's another conversation for another time I think I've covered everything so yeah that's my review of the Monaco GP thank you all for, for tuning in you can tune in in a few minutes when I post my Spanish GP preview which I do have a lot to, to talk about on that as well but thank you everyone for tuning in to the Beyond Motorsport podcast and i'll see you guys all on the next one